I work with the understanding that the physical pain within the body is also often a manifestation of the person not being in the best place of health. You know, if someone's not living to purpose, then this can and does take a toll on, on, on the internalization of, of pain and, and their body. Unfortunately, I think we're in a society that isn't really um, constructed to help us find and live our purpose. Welcome to the Wizard OT podcast. My name is Gavin Symes and I'm a registered occupational therapist who was on a personal and social eternal quest to understand how to best improve the quality of life of every single person imaginable, including myself. And the aim of this podcast is to spread really interesting knowledge and speak to people with a real diverse range of experiences and ways in which to view the world. This episode is with Jess Farmer from Phoenix Coaching, who's a holistic lifestyle coach and just general all-round legend of a human. And we go into lots of different subjects, but also give some amazing basic pillars of health and takeaways, not processed food takeaways, <laughs> information takeaways to help you improve physical and mental health or work out how to improve the physical or mental health of the people that you provide services to. So anyway, let's jump into the interview. Right, so just after I've just let out a real ackle of a laugh with my je- my Jess, my guest, Freudian oh, slip, my Jess, oh, <laughs> my Jess, uh, my guest today, Jess Farmer from Phoenix Coaching who didn't quite realize we were doing a podcast interview, just thought it was a catch-up, which it, which it is. Um, and at the beginning, I was just moaning about the Calendly setup. So um, just jump straight in then, Jess. Um, I guess it's a new year. It's 2023 at the moment. It's uh, 2nd of February, Thursday, 2nd of February, but it's probably the 1st of February for you because you're in a different time zone, 2023. Please tell our dear listeners, our dear, dear listeners, where you're based. So where are you in the world? Um, Yeah. So I'm based in London in the UK, uh, but not quite in London. I am in a place called Epping Forest. Oh, nice. Which, uh, get like really get the best of both worlds here because uh, we got access to London on the central line, but also we're in the middle of a like, huge forest, like one of the most epic forests in the southeast. So, yeah, it's really nice. I was, I was up in the forest yesterday, actually. It was beautiful, man. Like it's winter here, it's quite frosty. Nice. Uh, it's really nice. It's really nice. So, Epping Forest, because I, I actually, when I tried to do an art and design access course and just ended up just being a drug addict instead uh i went to that place in epping um, and i'm just i just quickly duck duck go i just qu- had a quick duck duck go search and everyone that's listening to this don't use google use duck duck go something else don't don't give google any more of your time um and epping forest is listed as a 2400 hectare area of ancient woodland and other established habitats which straddles the border between Greater London and Essex, the main body of the forest stretches from Epping in the north to Chingford on the edge of the London built-up area. Wow, that is big. Because Epping, 
seems a long way. Anyway, I'm just being really boring talking about geography. So you were saying the best of both worlds. Why do you want to do that? Why do you not want to be in a giant concrete jungle? Well, so I I lived in central London for a long, a long time. And um, yeah, I was, I was in East London for about five years. And then I moved to Covent Garden, which is right in the middle um, during the lockdown. And yeah, it it was great, like like the 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 hubbub of the city and just being able to just access so many things on your doorstep. It, it was it was great, but over time the kind of the energy of the city got like quite oppressive and it kind of weighs on you. I I remember during lockdown they they cancelled Christmas and when um, in the middle of lockdown and uh, I could like feel the energy of the whole city around me. I wasn't too bothered that Christmas got cancelled. I was with my girlfriend at the time and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just going to have a quiet one. But yeah, I could just feel the intenseness of of everything around, and the energy of the city is just go, 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 do, 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 like London, which is which is wicked in in short doses. But after a while, yeah, it does start to like weigh on you, and um, you know, you you kind of soak that up. It, and before before long, you realise that you're kind of living with this like low level anxiety. You're always rushing around because you're kind of um, absorbed by the energy of the city, which is nonstop. Um, so it was a bit much. And then I moved out to Buckinghamshire into a little co- cottage in the countryside. And dude, like over the space of a month, I felt my whole nervous system go, ah, like completely relax and deload. It was like quite revelationary. First two weeks I got ill mm-hmm. and I got ill because I was now then in the countryside air, which was detoxing my lungs. So I was, I was coughing and coughing up all sorts of phlegm because my body was detoxing the city air, yeah, but uh, living in Buckinghamshire, now it was really difficult to get into London because I, I still had a bunch of clients in London. So it would take me an hour and a half to actually just get to where I needed to get to. Yes. And then and longer to, to an hour and a half to drive to my clients and then half an hour's bike into London Bridge to actually see clients. So it was like a two hour drive, two hour journey yes. either way. So that got uh, difficult. So now I've got the best of both worlds because we've I'm in Loughton, so we've 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 got the nature with the forest, but also I could just jump on a tube straight into town. Well, so. I'm jealous because you know I've got a thing about trains, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, the central line as well. And are you right at the end of the line? So it's almost like quite rural. If I can, I can never say rural. I struggle with that. Rural. Um, rural. Is it quite end of the line? Sort of like it's basically countryside, and there's a tube line kind of running that far out. Yeah, it's like the stage just before that. Um, like there's, um, I think we're like two stops to the end of the line, but like Loughton's like a bona fide little town. Um, so it's like built up, but not built up. But I'm the forest showing, is just there. I'm showing my middle age. It's about living <laughs> not in the middle of a city but having access so where i live in the outskirts well it's not really the outskirts the west of melbourne's called sunshine um previously apparently nicknamed scumshine gunshine things have changed there's a french patisserie around the corner now so i'm hoping an organic food store opens a bit closer because i'm currently driving 20 minutes to go to an organic food store so that would be nice. I keep thinking maybe I should open it. And then I'm like, no, I shouldn't. Because <laughs> I'm one of these people that have a billion and one ideas. I'm like, yesterday I went and saw a client. So I still see um, quite a few clients where they ask me for something called assistive technology. So long story short, that might be, say, something like a hospital bed for someone who has mobility um, and self-care issues where they need to be cared for and the 
anyway. And I just made this comment that so much assistive technology is just ugly kind of furniture. It's not modern design. It's not good looking stuff. And then I was like, maybe I should start a company designing and creating world. I was like, well, how many ideas? Oh, I've just messed up the mic. How many ideas am I going to have and never actually do them? But that's a whole other thing. So to go back a step, you said your clients. Now, what do you do for work? Because I'm assuming it's work. Can you just describe, you've got 60 seconds. No, not really. You can't condense it in 60 <laughs> seconds. Can you just describe what you do? Because we've talked about living in the city and then moving out of the city, but what do you actually do for work? So I think this can then give people who are listening an insight into what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. So I'm a pain and rehabilitation specialist. I work with a lot of people suffering with a lot of different complex challenges, ranging from all sorts of different kinds of back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, uh, blown discs, um, ranging to health problems. So I work with people who are suffering from like low energy, burnout through uh, adrenal stress and um, digestive issues, a whole whole host of different health problems. And uh, so I, I call myself also a holistic health practitioner. Mm -hmm. And it's, I work with the understanding that the physical pain within the body is also often a manifestation of the person not being in the best place of health mm. because, you know, there, there, there's something called a viscerosomatic reflex, which is where the organs of the body link to the muscles. Yep. So, you know, you may know that when people have a heart attack, they get a shooting pain down the left side of the arm. This is a viscerosomatic reflex or women around the time of the monthly cycle. Um get increased back pain mm -hmm. um the, the the liver and pancreas reflexes to the um to the right shoulder stomach reflexes to the left so what this means is that if you've got say a right shoulder problem the problem may not be rooted within the muscles or the organs um the the, the muscles or, or or the or the tissues that could be rooted in the organ so actually to get this person out of pain then we'd need to look at getting the liver healthy mm. Um, and then from there, there's also a massive link with the mental emotional side of things. So I do a lot of mental emotional coaching work with my guys because, so, again, so so much of pain is is rooted in the psychology. So in order to get the person the result, often we need to look at the behaviours behind what's happening with the pain, the beliefs that are happening behind the pain, the difficult to manage emotions that are coming um, from either pain or the difficult to manage emotions that have been generated by the person which then caused the pain mm. and then to go another step there's a whole world looking at the energetic side of um of, of working with a person so very much to touch on many different spiritual concepts um because you can see pain rehabilitation as as often turns into a, a, a journey of growth and learning which can be called a spiritual journey as well so i guess to, to sum up everything that i do it is transforming pain into empowerment there you go what a lovely marketing thing which i'm sure you've got stated already because that's a really nice way of conceptualizing what you're doing i guess the thing is for a lot of people is and i'm sure you come across this the allopathic medical model still is the prevalent model of health. I don't even suppose it's health, really. Uh, symptomology. And I've learned a lot in the last few years. I thought I knew a fair bit. But 
if we're talking about symptomology and we're talking about pathologizing things, I've just totally lost faith in the allopathic medical model. Not that I really had that much faith. If again, if I also say to people, if I'm on a car crash and I've got a broken arm, I'm probably not just, I might do eventually, I'm not just going to go and drink some green tea and uh, do some breath work. I probably will on top of that, but I will go to a medical hospital just to check that, you know, these very acute medical issues, but the medical system is not able to deal with chronic, persistent, metabolic, psychological issues because it sees everything as a symptomology model. This is the symptom. This is the solution. If that doesn't work, we might give you surgery. And then if not, it's in your mind. Well, of course it's in your mind because the body, the mind and the brain are an interconnected system of systems, but everything is siloed and put into a very simplistic, here's a tablet, now F off. Now, this is what I was talking to you before we started recording. I've just, I'm getting at the point where I'm just like, I can't do that anymore. I can't be part of that system. And I guess the question then would be for you is how did you, what's your story, you know, without going too deep when you've got 25 minutes until you need to go to bed, but like what got you interested in helping people? Because I think that's something which often isn't really kind of thought about, but I was reading a paper yesterday about how helping people releases oxytocin, which is one of the many, many, things which can really help our metabolic health, our cardiovascular health, our neurological health. But what is it about helping people or helping people to be empowered that you find meaningful? Yeah, thanks for the question, bud. Yeah, so um, I think a lot of people who get into um, lines of professions like uh, like I'm in and, and like yourself in, often comes from their own struggles and their their own journeys. And we, we often also attract clients who uh, mirror us back to us in terms of some of the challenges that they're going through, because I often find that um, the clients that come to me, I've, I'm, I've already moved through a lot of the challenges that they're, they're coming to me with myself. So I can speak with, with them from direct experience. So um, I guess it all started like um, about 10 years ago, uh, had some very difficult things happen in my life and uh as basically had to spend a lot of time off work with anxiety and depression you very much saw that um mm. and in fact you and i remember one point you and Gemma adams were like the only two people i could actually hang out with or spend mm. any kind of time with shout out to Gemma, massive shout out yeah, to Gemma, big up shout out to Gemma, much love Gem. i saw Gemma over christmas actually it's so nice to see her in a new uh and a little one well, mate, I got to see, so when we were in Bristol, when I finally was allowed to travel out of this prison island, maybe I should cut that out, because um, <laughs> it was it was like trying to, it was like, the you know, the film Escape from um, Escape from New York. It was like Escape from Australia. Um, I It was really difficult to line up to see everybody. And just before we were getting on the train at Temple Meads to go back to where my mum lives, I got to hang out with Gemma and Oki for about half an hour. It was like a condensed coffee, quick chat, catch up. I, I don't think I'd seen Oki in like five or six years, seven years. And it was like condensed all that time and that energy 
And it was like instant connection with the both of them again. I got to introduce them to my wife and it was, so shout out to both of them. Um, yeah. So sorry, yeah, you were saying, sorry, I, I did my typical thing, went off on a tangent. So you said that you were finding it where, you know, you were really facing the psychological challenges, which often get seen as that psychological. But where would you say your insight is now about? that i know i've just changed the course but i guess it's trying to get that insight because at the time we think it's just psychological is there anything else you think oh maybe i wasn't living my best life and maybe that was influencing how i felt uh yeah yeah definitely i mean like um at the time i was um yeah like not i was very involved in partying which just wasn't doing me any favors anymore and uh and yeah, I was, I was working as an engineer, which wasn't wasn't very fulfilling at all. So mm-hmm. yeah, there was a lack of purpose. And then it's almost as though, you know, in, in a big way, what happened uh, was a massive um, course correct in my life. And I got very into exercise, built myself back up, started raising money for charity. Then I ran an Ironman. Um, which I uh, which I went with you to Switzerland to observe. Yeah, yeah, you did. Thank you for that, brother um so yeah i did uh did the iron man and then i was like oh what next so i i bought a bike and cycled from san francisco down through the south to the south of mexico nice. raising more money and then mm-hmm. came back and this is like condensed version yeah, came yeah. back no uh, slow down and tell me every single step for the next four hours like a joe rogan episode <laughs> They came back, put on a charity event, big in the Gam- big in the Gambia, uh, nice. and then started a charity. Took a bunch of medical equipment to Gambia, and yeah, this was giving me a lot of purpose, like a lot of purpose that I was maybe lacking before, which really lit a fire under my ass, to be honest. And then um, I moved to London, quit my job as an engineer, became a personal trainer. Then I was very lucky. As soon as I got out of PT school, I joined uh, the Czech Institute which gave me a lot of ed- education in terms of holistic health, um, biomechanics, how to really truly um, help facilitate someone's healing journey. And it was through learning those skills of rehabilitation and healing, that's when my life really started to open up. And I was able to start doing things with people like to give their lives back, basically. You know, pe- mm. people come to me like really in difficult, difficult spaces. Like imagine living with, well, you don't need to imagine because you've gone for it. But, you know, for the listeners, imagine like living with chronic pain every single day of your life. And mm. it put like, this huge limiting factor on 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 your beingness and holding you back from doing the things that you love. And so I, I started uh, attracting and working with these kinds of people and and they were getting results. Yeah. And and, you know, there's nothing more rewarding for me than to help someone get their life back, really, and, and move forward to move towards the things that they'd like like to do and you know my this is all it's all about transforming pain into empowerment because i started from like the most disempowered place and and it's it's a continuing journey of of self-empowerment you know Hmm. one that i'm still walking and we'll we'll be walking for a while and the way the way i see it the more i can empower myself and the more i can do things that inspire me like like next year i'm i'm going to cycle from canada to argentina and we part of that we gonna, yeah, we're we're gonna, gonna do that and, i've been looking know, for I've, something like this i've wanted to go through north america and canada for ages let's get this going mate i'm f-ing hyped oops i'll have to beep that out <laughs> <But> anyway 
like a, a big part of that journey is going to be to help inspire others to live their dreams you know uh, through through me empowering myself and you know jump on that bike and doing what i love i can show other people what that looks like and uh, i got a running joke i'm i'm very good at getting people to quit their jobs <laughs> got about eight eight of my clients to quit their jobs because their jobs just weren't serving them and making them unhappy and you know, there's this huge as you alluded to connection between them uh, the psychology and the body so mm. you know if someone's not living to purpose then this can and does take a toll on 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 the internalization of, of pain and, and their body and you know they've, they've done numerous scientific studies into what what constitutes to someone living to old age mm. and time and time again in these uh, scientific studies it comes back uh, with the resounding answer of purpose yeah purpose is what keeps people living longer because they have a reason to live for if you don't have a li- reason to live then 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 why live you know you just give up early and uh and uh and, and that's it but um, unfortunately i think we're in a society that isn't really um constructed to help us find and live our purpose no. um, which is it it can be a challenging enough um path to find that in of itself but which i find and many others have found um but it's challenging enough but i don't think society helps us on that path that's already challenging it it kind of works against us in many ways in my opinion well we're still considered a throwaway simplistic robotic tools not in a derogatory term but we're seen as you know our purpose is to go out and work and to not have meaning to not have purpose to not have connection you know this very much this one size fits all your work it's almost like uh, i consider it now as almost like everyone's been brainwashed into thinking the most important thing is to have things to show your status but actually are the most empty, vacuous things imaginable. And they do not actually bring happiness. They just bring a never never ending hamster wheel of I need more. I want more. I want more. I need more. I want more. I need more. I want more. I'm more, 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 more. This like post-industrial, like final stage capitalism of we are just throwaway and that our social interactions, our connections, our history means nothing. And that going on social media for six hours a day is the same as hanging out with your mates in the countryside. Of course it's not. It's of course it's not, but we're being brainwashed into believing that that is purpose and that is meaning and that is connection. And it is messing up our health. Like we can't believe like our biology, our psychology, our emotional state, our soul, whatever you want to define that as, it needs connection. It needs connection with nature, other human beings, and purpose and creativity. And I just think that so many people just haven't got that. And they're just literally doing the daily grind and wondering why they're miserable, wondering why they don't want to do anything, wondering why they get to retirement age and then they just curl up and die well you know yeah. the, the good thing in that cycle is that well <laughs> it depends on your point of view of good thing but um mm. it depends on how you how you view pain 
the the good thing about that cycle is actually the body, the soul, the psychology, um, the beingness of the person will give you pain as yeah. an opportunity to bring awareness so that you can course correct. Yeah. So it's you a know, signal. It's uh, always a signal. It's like, and it can be many. It can be a signal for many reasons, can't it? Yeah. Well, I, I call it the the pain teacher because it's always there to teach us something. And um, my my mentor Paul Check says that pain will only leave the body once it's done teaching you. So it's like, um, yeah, the, the the body will give us pain as a signal that something's wrong. But we're in a society that a demonizes pain and that it should be something to push down and not felt at any cost. Mm. B uh, because of uh, reason A, uh, we're in this numbing society. So here have the painkillers, or have the junk food, or here have the 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 freaking reality TV show to take you away from the problems of of your of your life or here's the bmw and here's the house and here's this to but it's it's just like it's the problem is is that people are trying to fill the void within with external um validation with external things but it never sustainably works so because you you, you cannot uh, create something externally for for a deficit that, that is within because this requires deep personal work deep introspection looking within and doing the difficult work it requires to uh, difficult yet highly rewarding, and can also be like a beautiful can and is often a beautiful process yet can be challenging. And you know the this is what we need to do to really move towards that path of happiness and purpose. Um, and you you know the phrase comes to mind that you know you, you can spend years climbing the ladder. Climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder of success, and then get to the top and realize that the ladder's lent against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through chasing the money and chasing the career and chasing this and that, you get to like 45, 50, and then look, and you, you, you're about to have a divorce and your kids don't know you. Um, and you've just realized that you've essentially wasted your time on on chasing external things rather than you know, focusing on the things that are important, which is connection with other people. And it's not to say this is all as black and white as that, but, you know, I definitely see that a lot, you know, with people who are chasing the material, um, uh, can't find the words, the, the, <laughs> the material cheese under the, yeah. under the box, you know, of, of, of life. But the, 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 the thing is, is that it's a societal issue and this is, because we're taught and indoctrinated and programmed into thinking that this is a good thing. Yeah. And um, the thing and is, people is that, that think I, people that think differently are labelled as alternative. <laughs> uh, yeah. And if you evaluate your thoughts and um, your thoughts, like how many of your thoughts are actually your thoughts? It's a question. Uh, how many of your beliefs are actually your beliefs? Metacognition that is referred to as in the world of psychology and whatnot. It's think stepping back and thinking about how you're thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, how much of your thoughts and beliefs are are, are yours, uh, or or how much are you like your parents? How much is society, is the government, religion? Um, you know, and when you big start to farmer, question, big farmer, agric- big ag, big big tech now i haven't kind of gone into those subjects on many of these episodes because this is designed for people that are clinicians but also members of the public and i don't want to go down any of those rabbit holes too soon but we've got a lot let's just say from my perspective 
as someone who knows a few bits and bobs, we've got a lot of, let's just say, vested interests skewing the information and the viewpoints. And we always have been. That's not just suddenly in the last few years. But there's always been these um, vested interests that are trying to skew the opinion of the public and the world and everyone's thinking to meet their agenda. So, so for example, I listened to a really good podcast. It's called The Model Health Show. Terrible title because I, for some reason, just thought it was about being a male model. Uh, it's not. It's with this guy, Sean Stevenson, who's, I think you'd really like it, Jess. Just, again, amazing, broad, holistic thinking. But he had an episode oh. the other day where he was talking with someone who used to be on the, I think it was the marketing or planning board for good old coca-cola well not very good old and how they skewed and twisted and lobbied the food stamp um program in the u.s to make sure that young children of impoverished backgrounds were still provided and or able to drink tons and tons of basically sugar water and how that's and then they went into talking about the food pyramid which is just the most surreal just even now, I went into a doctor's. No, I haven't been to a GP for ages. No, I was with a client actually, and we went past the GP surgery. Oh, I just need to go in. We kind of went in, booked a session with a GP, and I was felt like saying, "Don't bother; they'll be useless." But I don't want to tell people what to do. I've re- I think I'm being really damning in this episode. It's because I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> and they still had a food pyramid on the wall. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was oh, like bread, bread and grains at the bottom. Six to yeah. seven servings of grains, pasta or bread per day. Jesus. So yeah. that's like multiple. But anyway, anyway, I know we've got limited time. I know we've got limited time. Sorry, Karen. The food pyramid changes every seven to ten years anyway. <laughs> you, should just what, flip, what... you should just flip it upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the base, yeah. In reality, you know, there is no food pyramid because um, everyone's individual. So what works for John won't work for Bill, necessarily. We all look different on the outside. It'd be maybe logical to think that, you know, we all are completely different within as well. So we're going to react completely different to just about everything. Well, do you know what I look like on the inside? I look like that character in Men in Black, you know, when the head opens and there's a little alien, like, (laughs) controlling the body. That's what happens when you open my face. There's just this little guy going, controlling everything. Um, (laughs) You're like the freaking cockroach alien. um, Hang on, isn't that um, Team America where they – where the Kim Jong Un gets or Kim Jong Il gets killed, and then a little cockroach comes scuttling out and gets into a spaceship and flies off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you no, listen, when no, in black, like, like you know, when he kills, like, oh like, yeah, 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 woman, like, where, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's her? Anyway, yeah. I'm going to go back and watch that today. Um, so we've only got limited time. Now, one thing I want to do is I want to get some insight because I do think, imp- you know, we've talked about empowering people, you know, pain, turning pain into empowerment, but going from the pain journey into empowerment. Now, let's empower people to get some basic concepts because you and I, we can wax lyrical about all these like intellectual academic style thinking about this, that and the other. Some people, they're like, 
I just don't know what to do to start my health. I don't know to, sorry, start improving my health. Let's get some very basic things. Imagine that I'm a client and I've come to you and I'm like, everything's really terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. What would be like a real starting point? Just one tiny habit or one tiny thing that someone can start doing to help themselves. Because I think for a lot of people, and I do say this, there's this fire hose of information coming at people. And yeah. they often like, I just don't know what to do. And they just go back into, I'm just going to stay sitting down, eating junk food, not doing anything, stressing out, zoning out to God, TikTok now. <laughs> These TikTok kids. So what are like the, the, and I know we've only got a very limited period of time, but what are like the most, most essential things for health, physical and mental? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, so first off, um, if if someone's overwhelmed already and if they're in a really difficult place and if they're really stressed out and burned out, you know, the best thing is is not to do loads, try and do loads of different things. The best thing is to focus on um, some of the things that are going to move the dial in the in the biggest way possible. Those those big levers. And the thing is with 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 health is that it's often simple things uh, done consistently that make a, one hell of a difference. So I'm going to give I'm going to give four four different things, four different areas. Uh, follows uh, the four doctor system that I practice based off Paul Check's work. Uh, it's Doctor Quiet, Doctor Diet, Doctor Happiness, and Doctor Movement. So for someone who's uh, really struggling and in, in a difficult time, so Doctor Diet, drink more water, good water from a filtered source, and like yeah, a good that's filter. really important. Make sure it's good quality water, not cruddy tap water really important to have good quality water so drink more water get up to two and a half to three liters a day uh it's going to flush the body it's going to help balance certain things it's going to give you more energy second thing dr quiet so that was dr diet dr quiet mm -hmm. is get to bed on time like 10 o'clock and sleep for eight hours or if you're ex extremely stressed and under a lot of load you may even need more more sleeping time than that so sometimes nine, 10 hours, if, if someone's in a really difficult space, you know, give the body what it needs. Don't, don't necessarily listen to these pre prescribed um, notions on how much sleep you should have. You know, people say, Oh, you should have seven to eight hours. Well, that's not true of someone that's really suffering with some difficult stuff. They may need, need, need a lot more rest. So uh, sleep will start to regulate the hormonal clocks of the body and basically reestablish the body's rhythm. Um, Otherwise known as the that, circadian rhythm, because that is literally every single cell in our body has an internal biological clock that is controlled by that. And I always try and say this word because it's a, the super charismatic nucleus. So that internal main biological clock influences every single cell in your body. And if that's out of sync, the cells are not working effectively. So yeah, sorry. You got it. So then the next thing is Dr. Happiness. I'll, I'll do Dr. Happiness at the end, actually. Um, Lucky Dr. Dr. Happiness. Next. Yeah. Uh, getting out of walking. Yeah. Get in the sunshine and walk. Um, walking is underrated, man. Like what, what it does for the body is so good. Like so yeah. down. 
And you know, if, if if weight loss is the primary goal, walking is actually often a better way of doing it than running is. Not a lot of people um, realize that. And um, yeah, because like distance for distance, walking burns same, the same amount of calories as running does. Not that it's all about burning calories. Yeah. Um, but walking helps to keep the um, body harmonized with itself. It helps to keep the joints healthy. It helps, you, you know, you can't underestimate the force of gravity pushing down on you at all times. So just by walking regularly, you're maintaining strength because gravity is working against you. You know, I, I got a, an 80 year old client at the moment who um, uh, he was in so much pain he couldn't walk very much at all. We we managed to get into a place whereby he started walking. When he started walking, that was when things start, really started accelerating with his rehabilitation. Yeah, because the walking was making him strong. Yeah. Um. So that that's when he he really started getting better when when we got him out of pain enough so you can start walking yeah so yeah uh and you know taking time you know you, you guys in australia generally get probably a lot better weather than us you know taking taking the time to get out in the sun and, and melbourne's, uh, melbourne's sporadic but i like that because you don't have the oppressive ongoing baking heat of sydney or brisbane melbourne is like i think yesterday after i'd been to the gym it was about 24 25 early in the morning and then within an hour it's pissing it down with rain cold and then i <laughs> so you need to have all different weather and on i heard a weather forecast and it said today there's um it's there's a high of 32 and you, there may be some showers so it might be worth taking out a umbrella a raincoat and some sun lotion and you're just like you just got to take <laughs> everything out so anyway yeah so we talked about doctor diet doctor movement what about doctor quiet what does that mean? Yeah, so I covered Dr. Quiet with the sleep. So Dr. Oh, Quiet you did, yes. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Dr. Quiet is all about getting rest time, introspection mm -hmm. time. So Dr. Quiet will also cover meditation yeah. um, and uh, times of stillness and, and relaxation. Is um, Dr. Happiness was the mm -hmm. last one. Yes, of course. Yeah. Dr. Happiness is, so Dr. Quiet is the chief of the site of the physiology. So chief of getting the body healed and better. Yep. Dr. Happiness is the chief of the psychology and in many ways the most important doctor because Dr. Happiness governs what the other three doctors do because if we're not feeling good psychologically, it's very difficult potentially to do all of the other actions to keep ourselves healthy. So Dr. Happiness, this is in its simplest form, finding things that make you feel happy and doing them. So for me, it's playing my guitar. I love playing my guitar and there's a definite shift in my beingness when when i do play guitar like it's it's, it's undisputable uh i'm a very lucky guy that i get a lot of happiness from my work like i just um i've seen a, a client just before this um podcast and you know i've come into this podcast with like a really high good energy because of uh, it was a great session um for some people it is uh you know playing with their kids you know uh, for some people it's um going to the cinema for some people it's washing their car you know like it's, it's finding that little thing that makes you feel happy and then creating time for yourself because this is what I, I see a lot of people who find difficult is, is creating time for themselves you know we live in this busy hectic world a lot of people have got like kids and job commitments and uh we end up not spending any time for ourselves so it's creating time to do things that make us feel happy and living life to purpose, having a dream for our life, our lives, having something to aim towards, something to move towards. So 
purpose, you know, which is what you mentioned I, earlier. Yeah. And, and purpose doesn't need to be this like grandiose thing yeah. of like, my life will be this and that. And, you know, I'm going to do this big thing. And, you know, like your, your dream could be as simple as, you know what, today I'm going to, I'm going to help someone. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to, to touch someone and inspire someone. So I'm going to, I'm going to smile at someone on the tube. That that's going to be my dream for today to, to make someone else smile, you know, or, or your dream could be, um, you know, some sort of fitness effort, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, um, you know, what? I, I'm, I'm going to walk five miles each day this week. That that's hmm. like a fantastic dream for the week. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't need to be this grandiose life, uh, legacy thing. It, it, it can be like really, really, simple and straightforward but the but the key is to have a dream something to work towards because that gives you the motivation and inspiration to to move and take action towards that dream so this is like the most essential step in 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 someone getting better from pain is is is, is establishing that idea of the dream the thing that they're aiming towards and just to, to say one more thing on that not ev- for not everyone is it easy to find their dream so um, because some people are kind of they really struggle to see it in this instance it's looking at the nightmare where don't you want to be and you use where you don't want to be to create fire to 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 move to where you do want to be because where you don't want to be is usually the opposite of where you do of where you do want to be yeah. so if you, fo- if you look at what you don't want then that can help you establish what you do want so for instance, yeah. like a, a lot of people come to me in like really agonizing pain and they can't think about a dream when they're freaking no. and they can't and they can't walk. It's just like get me out of pain. You know, they're they're very much in the nightmare. But you know, as soon as I can within that program, I'm I'm trying to shift them towards looking at the dream rather than the nightmare because of a, a more empowering energy. Yeah. It's like Monsters Inc., right? You, you remember Monsters Inc.? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like all throughout the film, they're collecting screams and there's power in their batteries. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the monster would go into a kid's room, scream, he'd get one bar on the battery. Maybe mm-hmm. if he's lucky, he'd get two. And then at the end, they figure out that when the kids laugh, it like blows the batteries up <laughs> because love is a much more powerful energy than fear. So this is what the dream and the nightmare is about because love and uh, happiness is a much more compelling energy to move towards than and fear however sometimes we, we we need to be in that difficult place of of fear and pain to propel us to to a different place you've just ruined the plot of monsters inc to anyone who hasn't seen it i was just gonna take i was just because i know you gotta go in a minute but you know we talked about hydration so i because i'm a nerd i sift through research papers and stuff and i became very interested in how hydration influences cognition so how we experience the world through thought, um, the senses and our motor system. And that is, you know, how cognition is kind of semi-defined. But, you know, I've got a paper here from back in, it was medicine and science in sports and exercise. And the conclusion of this meta-analysis, so the title of it is dehydration impairs cognitive performance, a meta-analysis. And the conclusion of that was despite variability among students, uh, DEH, uh, I guess that's dehydration, impairs cognitive performance, particularly for tasks involving attention, executive function and motor coordination when water deficits exceed, blah, blah, blah. So 
if we're thinking about when we're like, I can't pay attention, I've lost attention, uh, I can't, my motor coordination's gone, you might be dehydrated. Like there's so much to be said about just the power of hydration. And one thing people don't realize is, is good quality electrolytes are really important as well. Sodium, potassium, and magnesium. So, um, and I, again, this is when on a, like a really snazzy podcast would be like, and uh, you know, a quick break from our sponsors. This is from Element, uh, the sodium, potassium, because I do use Element every day. I'm not actually doing an advert, um, but <laughs> The difference is huge and there's so much that we can do. So those things that you gave, so just to recap, so Dr. Quiet, your suggestion was sleep. You're focusing on sleep, get good quality sleep. Dr. Movement was just start walking as much as you can. Don't force yourself. Don't set these huge goals. Just get moving. The human body is built to move and benefits on a physical, psychological, cognitive, whatever level from moving. There's many reasons as to why um dr diet it was like try and just drink more better quality water that's really important and dr happiness just to summarize was that having things that you enjoy doing as part of your life which are what is known in the occupational therapy world as occupations because they're things you need to do want to do or are expected to do that bring your life meaning because that's often where you know we talked about post-industrial capitalism where we don't have any purpose or meaning and we're just seen as worker bots. Um, but also then saying that having an ability to step out of that nightmare and start this journey towards change is so empowering because often we're taught that it's just something wrong with us and there's nothing we can do about it. So did I kind of bring that to a conclusion quite well or was that terrible? Yeah, it's a nice summary. Uh, I just want to add something to to kind of put a pivot on your sharing about the water is that um, if you look at the discs of the lower back, the yeah. internal rings of the discs are made of a gel-like nucleus, yeah. which basically comes from water. So when we're dehydrated, the discs between the vertebrae shrink mm-hmm. and then the gaps where the um, where the nerves come out, which are already extremely small, get even smaller. So this can potentially lead to someone's sciatica or other nerve problems. Yeah. Dehydration. Yeah. So yeah. this is something that, you know, you wouldn't usually think of how, how does like water and dehydration link to my back pain? That's one way. There's many other ways. So, you know, like hydration is so massive for the body. And another one that springs to mind for me is obviously in deep sleep, the glymphatic system washes out all the toxins that are... Which is why, again, sleep is so essential because the glymphatic system during deep sleep washes out all the toxic byproducts of all our cellular reactions and our, all the everything that happens in the human body without us having any aware and awareness of it. But then we've got those toxins in our body in the morning and we need to flush them out. So that's why being hydrated, I literally wake up and I've already got some water with some citrus or orange element in it and I just down it as much as I can. Today, I haven't done that. Well, I did do that, but I was going to say then have a cold shower. There's many reasons, but trying to realize there's many things we can do. And often we don't know about these things. Then we go to a GP or an allopathic medical person and they just prescribe us a medication to deal with a symptom rather than looking for the underlying cause. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on, on that, the, the best solution for pollution is dilution. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, you get that from Bill Gates. 
<laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a scenario. Doctor, doctor, doctor. I've got persistent headaches. I've got really low energy. I'm constipated, and uh, I, I just really don't feel good at all. Ah, so it's like, okay, here, here you go. Have have some headache pills, and um, uh, and here have 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 some laxatives. And uh, I'm not sure what they give you for low energy, but um, but here have some have speed. some more stuff. <clears throat> here have some speed, and um, you know all of these conditions or all of these symptoms: low energy, constipation, and migraines. That can all be as simple as someone being dehydrated. Yes, all of those things can be as simple as just being dehydrated. Yeah. This and and again, this is the thing: is that we've been taught, or we've been brainwashed, or whatever. That that's got oh. nothing to do with it, and it's just like it, it's the foundation of our cells. Our cells re- rely to, on hydration. Just a caveat to that, like you know, I'm not saying that every time that that is happening no. is dehydration, and there's often um, a lot more complications to things. But yeah, those are all symptoms of dehydration. As and well, I know that we could go on, like we could do a full four hour. And I listen to Joe Rogan podcasts. You know, a lot of people that don't listen to certain podcasts, I think Joe Rogan's been put into this kind of, people don't really get what that podcast is about. And I've got friends who I get on with well, and they're like, oh, you know, just, you know, they started getting all like Joe Rogan podcasts, like, like talking about people that I've got, they're just talking absolute gibberish. And I was like, have you ever actually listened to or watched or had any interaction or listened to that show at all? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, where are you getting this information from about how bad it is? Well, I saw it on the news. And I'm like, uh... anyway, that's a whole other subject. That's a whole other subject. But oh, what we're talking about, where do your beliefs and thoughts come from? There you go. <laughs> and again, that metacognition, always step back. Always be thinking, why do I think like I think? And am I being manipulated? Because that's what humans, we love being manipulated. We love someone who seems very confident and very knowledgeable telling us what we should or shouldn't do, what we should or shouldn't believe. So step back and question at all times. Because people that are in a cult don't realize they're in a cult until they're being asked to drink the Kool-Aid. <clears throat> anyway, on that bombshell, I'm just going to stop recording. So thank you so oh, much for joining me. Oh, so um, so I got something to share with the um with the listeners. So yeah, uh, I re- I recently recorded a, a podcast, and Ooh. it's specifically for uh, it's a solar cast episode called "Transforming Pain into Empowerment." Oh, nice, and that's my my podcast, Phoenix Vision. That's F for Freddie, A E N I X Vision. And that podcast is like a must listen for anyone suffering with any kind of chronic pain, health mm-hmm. challenge, um, anything going happening within the body that is disempowering them. So I talk a lot about um, the belief systems around pain. I seek to inspire people through this podcast. Uh, I've talked about a lot of practical things that people can do to get out of pain. I spoke about uh, what a, a typical healing journey can look like, and it's not a five minute job. Mm-hmm. Um so, and I also gave a um, a case uh, history on there to kind of illustrate some of the things that can happen with the body. So it's a really good informative podcast, but it is the main driving focus of it is to help empower people out of their pain and, and so that they can start to see their pain as a constructive tool for their personal growth. 
massive and a challenge that they can overcome and become a a, a stronger better person for it which is um, the often locomotive for pain and i'll make sure this is in the show notes so so people aren't trying to scrabble it so if you're listening to this i will put this a link to so if people do want to get hold of you because you're a knowledgeable chap um where's your are you on the socials have you got a website have you got are you on all the socials are you on snapchat I don't know why I just started doing that stupid voice, but it's just, you know, you hear on a lot of podcasts, it's like, you can catch me on the socials, on Snapchat, on TikTok, on Twitter. And you're just like, how do you have time? I suppose you've got, they've got someone else doing it for them, haven't they? Yeah. So, so I got um, uh, Phoenix coaching. Uh, and how do you spell Phoenix? Because this is I always, yeah. F-A-E-N-I-X coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Jess underscore Phoenix coaching. And yeah. my website is Phoenix Coaching, F A E N I X Coaching.co.uk. I actually released yesterday a new presentation on my website. If you go on the toolbar, it's called Pain to Power Pillar One. Mm-hmm. And that talks a lot about, uh, it goes a lot deeper on some of the things we touched on today. So, uh, how stress uh, influences physical pain and how mm-hmm. the different organs can influence physical pain. Mm-hmm. It's only like half an hour long and gives like a lot of information. Uh, there's going to be two more. Um, it's a three-part series, so I'm going to be coming out with two more pillars. One are more based around um, the movement side of things and the muscle side of things. Um, and, um, you know, sciatica, disc problems, dot, dot, dot. And then the third one's going to be more about personal development. So you can check that. So hopefully you got some really interesting ideas for physical and mental health from that conversation with Jess you can see that I was tempted to go off down some rabbit holes but this probably isn't the space for that that's for conversations over a campfire somewhere so if you're interested in more information about wizard ot check out www.wizardot.com and probably by the time this one comes out there will have been the full new website and we are also available on instagram so wizard underscore ot that's wizard underscore ot on instagram and actually we're doing specific street art therapy services direct in groups and via telehealth i don't think it's a world first but i've not heard of it before so if you want more information with that check out our snazzy new website at www.wizardot.com anyway there'll be another episode in the next week or so thanks for listening and yeah speak to you soon